0: what up fantasy people this is the true north fantasy football podcast i'm travis seal as always i'm back with my co-host tyrell mclaughlin ty how you doing buddy i am fired up as ever combine time oh buddy it's uh it's gonna be a good episode i'm really excited for this one and
1: yeah, man, I know everybody, we are a tad late to the party here, but scheduling and all that mm-hmm. stuff, it, it's been on the books for a while and there's so much good stuff rolling in with the Combine. And, you know, let's break down the Combine really quick, Trav, in order of importance. Medicals, okay. medicals, medicals, medicals. Players like Tua Tagovailoa, Zach Moss, we can, we can uncover medical issues unknown to the person, even something they have played with their whole life, like a heart condition, degenerative conditions, all that. Plays into where a team is comfortable drafting a player, and second most important is player interviews. Imagine a guy who's getting hired at whatever job you have. It would be nice to get fifteen minutes with a guy to make sure he's not a weirdo, right, Trav? Like,
0: yeah, no weirdos, please. Not
1: down for that. <laughs> and then the the drills, you know, and yeah, uh, A B and the Steelers agree. So yeah, the drills are, a th- they're, they're third on the list for sure. And maybe, you know, ahead of the drills is even the news cycle that comes with the combine. It, it The combine really starts the fire for the upcoming NFL season and we love it.
0: We the it the yeah, the, the fire has definitely started for me. I watched a bunch of NFL network content and saw a bunch of Twitter stuff with uh, interviews and all that stuff today. So uh, it was, it was pretty cool to see the spark going. But yeah, as far as the combine and kind of what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, we're going to talk about how much stock we put into the combine. So the drills, we got these numbers coming at us as far as, you know, three cone shuttle 40 times, how much stock are we putting into that stuff? We're going to talk about the best data to take away from the combine. So what you should be looking for for certain guys, if you want to actually take something away from this stuff. We're going to talk about the positions that we should be focusing on for fantasy and how we use the combine to form our opinions on these guys. And then we're going to talk about the athletic testing and the drills that actually translate to fantasy football. So what tests for what positions are going to be useful information for us to take back into, say, our rankings and then further to that into our fantasy drafts this season?
1: Yeah, and I want to I think we should spotlight some players who should be, you know, the standouts of the combine. The combine is it's a hype machine. And so we'll go through the players who will elevate their stock. The players who have the most loser gain are one of the things we want to talk about, and, and the Blazers in each position, the Freaks. And, you know, the other end of the spectrum exists too. It lets offer early warnings for players we expect to test poorly, and if we should be moving them down or not if they do bomb the Combine. And that'll get us, that's what we're going to do a lot of in this episode, is kind of offer some context, keep us grounded, because some of the lack of relationships between the Combine workouts and fantasy success, it's it's pretty sobering. Because whether we agree with the notion or not, the combine really skyrockets player values in the fantasy market. And our, you know, our listeners at this time of the year, Trav, they're diehards. They is diehards. But for lots of folks, this will be an introduction to most of these names. Like think of Miles Sanders last year, and with such a deep class, especially at wide receiver, over fifty are in attendance this year. In, yeah, this year in particular, we have got to have a good grip on how to how to absorb the combine.
0: Yeah, that's really really well put, man. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the Combine this year. And for the first time ever, the Combine's in prime time. So as a wise man once said, if you ball, you're going to get the call, baby. (laughs) 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 Yeah, (laughs) you know. Um, So there's going to be some fresh new drills for the Combine. They're actually timing the gauntlet drill. So that's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, the Combine's just kind of a funny thing. The hype machine gets rolling. Um, You know, these test times kind of pop off the page. You got these guys out there. You know, like Dar- Darwin Thompson and DK Metcalf last year with the, the shirt off mm-hmm. photos, getting everybody psyched on the physiques. The hot and bods. Yeah, so everything we can see with our eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all a mirage, man. It's like magic. It's it's invisible. <laughs> um, totally. A majority of the stuff that's going on that carries weight for us is stuff that we can't really see, right? So um, the interviews, the meetings with teams, uh, how close the GMs are watching these, these workouts and whatnot, and then everybody just getting kind of excited for the new year creeping in. Everybody's, you know, hoping that their team can add the right pieces. I don't know. I'm excited for the new season. So to me, that is magic, buddy. What do you think?
1: Oh yeah, I think that is magical, and I think you you hit the nail on the head there. Boom. Oh, uh, you I th- got it.
0: <laughs> Big time.
1: <laughs> Uh, but you, you said it with the GMs there, I love the proximity, like they are all going to the bars at night, you know, like it, it's really like you read about in the 1950s with baseball, like it's just the GMs are in close proximity and they talk and they, they start to get a feel for how, how everybody feels about these players, which gives them a feel about where they need to take these guys in the NFL draft, which gives us a feel about where we're going to rank them in our in our fantasy drafts and with the combine here I said we're a little bit late to the party the numbers have started to roll in we have measurements for all these players now and there, there's a lot to parse there measurements are like everything else at the combine we're just setting certain expectations plus I I, I want to make sure players schools haven't been lying to our faces for years <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn LSU Every oh. everybody this year kind of the
0: pen is blue the pen is blue the gun that
1: is blue. Especially yeah, for running no backs, a eh? you see that running backs, a whole bunch of them came in shorter than listed.
0: Yeah, that was definitely an interesting takeaway for both of us. I think.
1: Yeah, I think weight is the one that and hand size. Like those are the measurements that are really important to us. A player like Eno Benjamin coming in at 207 pounds instead of like 199 pounds, that really makes a world of difference. And or Joe Burrow having very small hands compared to the top quarterbacks in the NFL. It's not. Inexcusable, you know what I mean. So, actually, do you have any concerns about Joe Burrow's hand size? Nine-inch hands?
0: Mm, not, not overly, man. We've seen him throw the football. I didn't really see any uh, fumbleitis out of Joe Burrow. Um, so that's kind of what I would be looking for as far as hand size for a quarterback. Is he getting the ball knocked out of his hand easily when he's in the pocket? Um, so obviously, that's not something that we're drawing from the combine. That's from more watching him play. But uh, the the hand size is not a concern for me. Now, if I did see a bunch of fumbles in the pocket for quarterback X who had small hands. Then I might, you know, take note a little bit more, but not necessarily for uh, Joey Burrow. How about you? Is that something you you look at and and get concerned about? Yeah, well, I, I kind of
1: said it there. It's not inexcusable. It's just I'm not going to factor it in too hard. You know me though. I'm not getting a lot of Joe Burrow because he's not my 101 even in superflex rookie drafts. But it is interesting that he has the third smallest hand size in in, in this draft class at the combine among quarterbacks and. I think the other one we could mention is Jake Fromm, who actually failed to hit the nine inch I like that's what I should say is nine inches kind of my threshold I set for quarterbacks. And I used to care a lot more about hand size. I used to think nine and a half is kind of what you want. You know, Russell Wilson's sorta to blame with that. But Pat Mahomes (laughs) having nine and a quarter dick beaters, you know, it's fine by me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then jake fromm has got those tiny little ticklers on him it's, uh, <laughs> the dick ticklers it's definitely yeah yeah it's interesting to see the yeah. ranges for these guys it's uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. little cocktail right, so weenies throwing on the ball <laughs> yeah totally totally get a little mustard on those puppies huh <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, while we're on the topic, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyways, the player's overall profile, like his tape, production, breakout age, BMI, all that jazz, that's what we form our opinions on. Personally, the combine, it barely breaks ties even for me among players. But, you know, getting these numbers, it is fun and it can be useful to find comps and see how a player excels athletically. Maybe it's straight line speed, you know, like John Ross, or maybe they dominate with their burst or explosiveness, maybe agility. So the the drills serve their purpose, but the best part of the combine is we can start to look towards the draft because the draft capital, how early, you know, a team selects the player and the fantasy appeal of that team that they're going to, that's what should dictate movement in our, in our fantasy
0: rookie ranks. Yeah, man. I I like what you said there because, uh, Sometimes you're not taking a ton away for fantasy purposes from the combine, but a big thing, like you said, is the draft capital. So these NFL teams are taking a lot of stock in what these guys are putting out on the field in uh, Indianapolis there. And the draft capital is going to have a big effect on our rankings. So I think for me, uh, I'm looking at how are these guys going to vault themselves up into draft boards? Or is this wide receiver going to cement himself as a day two pick? Um, That's kind of a big takeaway for me. Um, just kind of seeing, is this something that's going to kind of bring this guy up into the forefront for, for NFL teams who are picking these guys?
1: Yeah, that's what I love about the combine the most. I just heard Daniel Jeremiah on a conference call. And so a bunch of media people call him and ask him questions about the combine. Almost every single question was about the draft. So I just want to say the combine and the draft are synonymous when it comes to fantasy. Totally. It's, you know, they go hand in hand. So but before we get in, and I swear we will get into the players here. But I just wanted to hit some uh, quick no-nos here, Trav, like things we need to okay, avoid at it. the Combine. So we don't want to be double box check-in. That's an easy one. If you know a guy's fast, don't bump him up your fantasy ranks when he runs fast. And if a player wins absent speed, you don't have to move him down just because others around him are faster, you know. Uh, there's other ways players win. And I think it's, it's just very important to set expectations. That's what I do at the Combine. With research, you can find a bar to set, a threshold. You know, you want a player to hit for all these different tests. Uh, basically an athletic pro- uh, baseline, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What about you, Trav? Are you moving guys up
0: or down just based on some of these combine numbers in your fantasy ranks? Um, not drastically by any means and not, not generally overall. Um, I think, you know, if a guy runs close to a number that I set for him, then that's great and that just kind of confirms my ranking. It doesn't really vault a guy up necessarily. Um, if my expectations are crushed by this guy and he just blows it out of the water... Maybe, you know, a bigger running back does really, really well in the three cone, mm-hmm. or maybe a running back comes in at 225, where we thought he was going to be in the 210, 215 range. I could see myself moving them up a little bit. Um, but like I said, nothing nothing drastic at all. Uh, maybe just some minor adjustments, a spot or two here and there.
1: Yeah, I think that's perfect because, you know, I almost weigh measurements, no pun intended heavier than I do some of these testings like players who there's already players who are piquing my interest getting these numbers who impress in their weigh-ins and I'm already ready to start moving them up AJ Dillon he weighed in at the exact same weight as Derrick Henry did in 2016 247 pounds uh two guys I'm really digging Trav as late round sleepers Benny LeMay he came in at 220 pounds Javon Leak 215 pounds couple running backs I like uh sticking with running backs there's Anthony McFarland, Darrington Evans uh they both broke 200 pounds and we're going to talk about them when we talk about running backs who could hit, run in the 4 threes, so and just to go off of your thought there Trav players who run slower I'm not going to move them down especially wide receivers like poor testing moving players down we do it mostly when players fail to hit certain numbers like that historically NFL players need and I'm thinking of players like uh who's that guy last year Trav that running back you know boxing um, boxing father Elijah they, Holyfield
0: yeah. Evander's kid
1: Exactly. And he ran slower than like that bottom dollar threshold we set for running back. So, you know, a guy can go from intriguing to dead to me in 4.7 seconds, literally. It's pretty morbid. <laughs> so, well, we, we just have to make sure what I'm saying is we, we can't overweigh anything from the combine. So, you know, the testing numbers, they can even mislead us. I'm th- You know, think of someone like Devin Singletary as an example from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook is the best example. He tested poor at his combine. People said he wasn't fast. But Dalvin Cook led all running backs with 73 runs of 15 plus miles per hour hit. And he also led all running backs with six runs of 20 miles per hour hit per next gen stats in 2019. And that was in 14 games played. So when it comes to speed, when it comes to test times, we just have to be way more interested in the weight adjusted numbers. Like a speed score is far more actionable than a 40 time, you know, speed score leads to fantasy success. But Trav, I'm we're really rambling here. Like, should we grip it and rip it here? (laughs)
0: Let's grip it and rip it. eh? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so probably the quickest position group, the quarterbacks uh, coming into the draft. And, you know, we're talking a lot about the measurements. And really quick, Ty, I just want to mention that uh, you did post two really good articles um, showing some of these significant measurements that we saw from the first day of the Combine. So uh, if anybody wants to look into these and see some of, you know, the thresholds and some of the ones that we can take a little bit away from, definitely go to the site at truenorthffb.com and you'll see the articles that Ty posted up there. Those are great reads, buddy. I
1: think, uh, yeah, they're just quick kind of takeaways for measurements, comparing some guys and, you know, looking back at some historical data.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. I like the quick snap stuff. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about hand size for quarterbacks and we talked about the guys who have the smallish hands. Uh, Real quick, I do want to mention that Tua Tagovailoa, Jordan Love, and Justin Herbert – all hit the 10 inch mark for hand size and Jordan Love actually hit 10 and a half so uh he's got some big shovel paws on him so that's kind of a kind of a check mark on, on that box for Jordan yeah, Love Yeah, I just want to correct um, you really
1: quick there Trav. Uh that's all true except for Tua's right hand measured in at 9 and 9 oh, and 7/8. Yeah. I just wanted to point
0: that out. Didn't he have like a deformed finger Yeah, or maybe like a bunch that? of
1: guys measured in. Uh one of the running backs had actually a half inch.
0: Yeah, uh, I remember seeing that deviation as well
1: between his hands, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's funny, eh? Yeah, so uh, I guess he jammed up one of his digits there, but one of his hands is 10 inches, so. (laughs) Oh, that's the
1: worst, just getting the wrong pass in basketball back in the day?
0: Oh, yeah, that was the worst. And just, like, the game stops, right? Everybody else starts playing, but you're just sitting there. (laughs) 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 And, like, you're, like, certain it's broken. You tell everybody around you, like, no, it's broken, (laughs) man. It's
1: broken. Look at it. And I'm pretty sure everyone, like, looking back in life will be like, oh, yeah, look at this finger, you know, basketball, you know, whatever. Yeah, everyone's got a finger story. That came out wrong. <laughs> well, that, that sounds, sounds pretty wrong. weird. <laughs> um,
0: phrasing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving right along. Um, yeah, for the quarterbacks, another thing that we do look at are the 40 times. So we're not putting a ton of weight in them, but they are important. Um, a fun fact is that all of the top 10 quarterbacks in fantasy last year had 150 plus rushing yards. That's a pretty telling number. So as far as a magic number for 40 times, I really like a quarterback to run, you know, 4-8 or better. Um, Nothing slower than a 5-second 40. You don't want the guy being a complete pylon in there. Um, But yeah, as far as the quarterbacks, I'm not worried about too, too much else. Quarterbacks, especially the film and research are going to tell you the intangibles, whereas to see them chucking it around in their spandex isn't really going to tell me a whole lot because, you know, they don't have a defense playing against them and you know i think in game and uh the clutch factor and things that you can't really measure at the combine are the things that i'm looking for out of the quarterbacks especially in the nfl the way that it's kind of changing and and morphing into into a passing league
1: yeah i couldn't have put it better for sure because you know there's going to be players like jordan love there's going to be players like justin herbert who excel at the combine because of exactly that no live defenses in front of them you know, the things I look at for quarterbacks of the combine, I do listen to the rumors about interviews. I'm very interested in who meets with these quarterbacks, like what teams and that interview is super important to the team. Uh, they they want to pull a dude in and go over his life, you know, go over tape, have them read defenses, pre-snap, all that stuff with quarterbacks and ask them weird questions, scrutinize any wrongdoings in their past, the whole shebang. So, you know, I listen about the interviews, the drills for quarterbacks. I'm not really taking into account. I even reserve the right. For a player to have a bad day, you know what I mean? He, we could get him on his 361st worst day out of 365 days. It's just one of those things. So I don't factor a couple throwing drills into their career arc. Uh, I've seen them throw. I've seen them throw against live defenses, against pressure. That That's what you want to see. Like you said, the intangibles. And yeah, remember these are ideal conditions. So like you said, those players and book smarts like Justin Herbert, that's going to interview well as well. So you do have to take these things into account because we, we need the X factor. That's what football is all about. We know that. Uh, and it, you know, it just feels like the drills serve to almost overblow our arm talent when it comes to quarterbacks, arm strength to be precise. So like, it's, it's what you said off the top, what we won't see at the combine, uh, you know it goes for all these positions but playmaking it's just something we can't really quantify in indie like what Lamar Jackson brought to the table was just very hard to measure at the combine so Trav who who do you think's the quarterback who's going to get propped up by his combine performance or did I say them already
0: no well actually the guy for me is Jalen Hurts um I think the question for him is going to be how he processes a defense and his accuracy in pressure situations um, and his ability to sustain an effective passing game. And so I think this is going to be a good setting for him to show, you know, that underwear accuracy and, and touch on his passes, because I think teams are going to be fired up about his upside as a runner. And if he comes in and starts dropping dimes at the combine, he's only going to rise up NFL boards because everybody's kind of looking for that quarterback, especially after what we saw Lamar Jackson do. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is not the athlete that lamar jackson does but i think it's going to be it's going to be a good week for jalen hurts because he can show out without all those um all those other factors around him that maybe show that he does have a lot more to work on in his game you know yeah you know me i really like jalen hurts and he he has
1: the most to gain or lose he's definitely the most polarizing quarterback at at the draft or at the
0: combine for sure Mm-hmm. So how about you? How you do you have a guy that you're really looking looking for to show out or somebody who you think is gonna make some money this week in Indy? Yeah, well,
1: I mean, I mentioned my guys with Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. I think those guys will get overblown because of their arm strength, because of that mm-hmm. zip, because of that MPH. But, you know, you you and the student doc, uh shout out to him. That was such a great episode. Everybody make sure you download that one. Uh you and the student doc went over Tua. He's a guy that, you know, we're gonna hear a lot of buzz around Tua Tangavaloa at the Combine, but yeah I'm excited for teams to just sit down and fall in love with him. he also you know measured out with those big hands and he just he checks all the boxes we just won't see him do anything at the combine but he still might be one of the most polarizing guys at the combine Jake Fromm was somebody I was interested in too uh just to hear because we haven't heard a lot of teams connected to him we haven't heard a lot of buzz about him yet he's been so Mm -hmm. efficient through his career he's fought off every quarterback who came for his job at Georgia but those damn tiny little cocktail weenies on stumps you know eight and seven eighth inch hands it's it's hard to avoid so i don't know
0: those those some real small hands (laughs) yeah take my strong hand thank you my child <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, another guy that I'm looking at too um is Jacob Eason. He mm-hmm. you know, he could shoot up draft boards. he's got a lot of arm talent um and he was a pretty highly touted prospect coming into Georgia uh, before Jake Fromm got there. So, uh, an interesting career path for him as far as college and I think uh, he could raise his stock at uh, at the combine as well.
1: Yeah, that's a really good one. He definitely profiles as a a combine standout
0: all right so yeah the running backs um i I think you know we we sometimes talk about the meat and potatoes of our episodes and if anything on any episode deserves to be called the meat and potatoes it is the running backs on our combine preview (laughs) um they're just they're the star of the show they're the life of the party um the bell of the ball whatever you want to call them why don't you kick us off with the running backs here ty
1: yeah, I am super excited to hit the running backs. For, for the running backs, we already got measurements, and that's one of the more important things to me. The heavier, the better. That's definitely one thing I'll say. And, you know, it goes into speed score and everything. And, you know, heights and weights, they're just very important because we know teams lie to us throughout the year. College programs, they're just not truthful about the heights and weights about these players. So we need to see that at the combine when they are uh, scrutinized. So that's very important to me. And actually, listening to the Move the Sticks podcast, the Daniel Jeremiah, mm-hmm. yeah, they did the top 10 running backs. uh, via rushing yards last year in 2019. The top 10 running backs in the NFL uh, for rushing yards. This is what they averaged when it came to their combine weigh-ins. They were 5'11 and 3 quarters, so just under 6 feet, over 220 pounds. Their average 40 was 4.5 seconds. And 4.6 seconds was the slowest 40 in there. And no top 10 rushing running back in the NFL last year broke 4'4. So there was no 4'3 guys in there. Uh, They had 34-inch vert. Ten foot two inch broad jumps and set just over seven uh, second short shuttles. So, you know that's just a, a barometer for what we're looking for this year in the combine. That would a lot of those are you know synonymous with what the top performers in fantasy had last year.
0: Yeah, I definitely like that as kind of a measuring stick for these guys. And you mentioned the forty times there, so why don't we just talk about everybody's favorite drill at the at the combine, uh, the forty yard dash? So with the forty. We don't want to overweigh it, but we also don't want to dismiss the 40 times because they are very relative. Um, You mentioned it a little bit before, if somebody is expected to go fast, you're not going to double check that box if he does run fast. It's just small guys who profile as scat backs, they have to be fast in order to A, get draft capital and B, in order to get our confidence as fantasy owners that we're going to take that guy in our rookie drafts, right? So if you're hanging your hat on college production or a three down skill set, that guy better have lots of meat on his bones going up against full grown men in the NFL. And then when it comes to speed and testing times for these guys, there is a big overtone. We have to be way more interested in the weight adjusted numbers. So speed score is a very actionable metric, especially when you compare it to a 40 time. Obviously, historically, guys who have elite speed scores have led to fantasy success much more often than a 40 time. So what you might look for at the Combine are, you know, big backs who score well in the three cone or the short shuttle. Um, Looking at A.J. Dillon, like you said, 247 pounds. If he can do well there, um, we're going to look at those kind of drills to see if he has the agility to get the draft capital. I want the topless. I want the topless photo of A.J.
1: Dillon. That's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Meow. Apparently he's supposed to have like 6% body fat or something. At 247 pounds.
0: I probably have like 15 at like 180 (laughs) pounds. (laughs) So um, that's pretty impressive for AJ Dillon, especially to do what he did at that size. That's pretty nutty. But yeah, so you can't let yourself get too high or too low on a guy solely from these combine drills. Uh, DK Metcalf is a prime example. Last year, he was dogged hardcore for his agility testing and his kind of short area quickness and he proved to everybody that that doesn't necessarily matter if he's used properly so that kind of ties in landing spot there as well but uh, yeah I'm just I'm not getting too high or too low on these combine numbers that come out from the drills
1: yeah exactly it's on coaches to put these
0: guys in positions to win and you know for running backs though I do
1: pay attention to the 40 less than even like the 20 cone and the shuttle drills I like the 20 cone and shuttle drills better because That shows Mm -hmm. us acceleration, you know, how they work in tight space and their change of direction, all the things that they have to do at the next level, as opposed to starting from a stop position and running 40 yards in a straight line. That just doesn't happen. A 10-yard, we want 10 yards in a straight line would be great. That's an explosive play right there. Um, Another drill I think everybody should watch, the prospects, they're unsure of, you know, how they're going to do in the passing game at the next level, someone like Jonathan Taylor or whatever, is the gauntlet drill, and it's going to be a timed gauntlet drill this year. For the running backs, that begs questions about their pass catching upside, you know, we want want that for for fantasy, that's one of the number one priorities, and I get glued to the telly during these players' gauntlet drills, I love watching, I'm just so excited to see Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, they're going to be must-see TV during the gauntlets. I really want Jonathan Taylor to be a good pass catcher. <laughs> Trevor, there any running backs in this class you want to go out and have a zero drop gauntlet drill?
0: Yes, dude. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Mm, you uh, yeah. you quickly coughed him out earlier when you were dogging him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's but, right there on my floor. Uh, I th- <laughs> So the thing with him is I'm not necessarily sure how well he's going to test in you know the speed testing and the agility testing. I personally like him from kind of what I've seen on tape and a little bit of the production that he had, but I'm not sure how he's going to test in his underwear. So I think if he can go out and crush the gauntlet, that can help kind of raise his quote-unquote like draft floor as far as things that potential teams can expect out of him. So if they can see that he checks the box as a good pass catcher, that only helps for him to kind of maintain the draft stock that he has because I could see him potentially running a little bit slower, maybe not doing as well in the agility testing. And he did have 28 grabs in his senior season at Vandy. So I think he does have that in his game and I'm hoping he can show it.
1: So Trav, we've talked about setting our expectations.
0: We've talked about not overweighing these factors
1: and we've talked about how we want to see these running backs at the combine. So let's talk about the 40 times. That's the one everyone loves, but it's not the most important, but let's start with that. Uh, you know, We're not going to double check these guys. But with that said, Trav, it's still super fun to see these guys blaze. And it does offer upside. So who you got? Who's going to run in the four threes at running back?
0: Uh, It's pretty tricky, I think. You know, J.K. Dobbins is going to be just a little bit outside of that. So I don't think he gets sub 4-4. But then for me, I'm really interested to see Anthony McFarlane. You watch that guy and he's just a slasher and he hits home runs. That's really going to be an interesting one. You also mentioned Darrington Evans. which That's going to be an interesting one as well because to me, he looks like a pretty smooth runner as opposed to a straight line speed runner. So uh, it's it shows up on tape that he is fast, but I'm excited to see kind of how fast he is. Uh, how about you? You got a couple to toss out there?
1: Well, you know what? You mentioned the two guys, and they're the two guys who came into the combine over 200 pounds. Really, really excited about that. Yeah, 208 for For McFarland. Yeah, for McFarland, I think 203 for Evans, so really encouraging for those guys. A couple guys I'll point out, maybe Levante Bellamy. He's a satellite back out of Western Michigan. He's a fifth-year senior, so not a lot of interest when it comes to fantasy, but Mm -hmm. he will burn, so I just want to say that he will burn, and, you know, probably leave him on the... Leave him for someone else in your rookie draft. He had a huge 2019. He was actually tied for the lead in rushing touchdowns in all of college football for Western Michigan, but fifth-year senior, so that's really hard to trust. And Mm -hmm. uh, He's probably my least favorite out of the group, and I'm not even sure he gets drafted even after running a sub-4-3, and he, he, he will have a crazy vertical jump too. And then another guy is Salvin Ahmed. He's he's kind of a tough study. He's out of Washington. Did have a lot of volume and production in 2019. I'm actually kind of warming up to him because he's, he's you know, he's a guy I like. I'll put it that way on film. And then Raymond Kalias or Raymond Kalis, a guy I have very little knowledge about at
0: all. Yeah, same here.
1: But yeah, I'll definitely, I'm going to dive into him if he runs 4-3. But, you know, as far as I can tell, he's really not an eye-opening prospect when it comes to When it comes to the next level and then there's JJ Taylor who measured in at five foot five. If he doesn't run four three, he won't even have a job in special
0: teams. Yeah, he's hooped. Yeah.
1: But you know, honestly, Trav, none of those guys will have huge fantasy draft capital. Uh, do, Do you do you like any of those running backs out of that group at the next level or no?
0: Um, I do like Anthony McFarland in um, in the correct role. So um, I like him to go somewhere and maybe be somebody's, um, you know, Alexander Madison as kind of a backup who could spell a guy and be productive and efficient. Um, But I'm not sure that he's really going to get high volume ever. But I think it's more efficiency. And I think he has the profile to be an efficient runner. Yeah, what, he, you know, he
1: also, he had a high ankle sprain last year. I, I kind of like his teammate at Maryland a little better, Javon Leak. I really like Javon Leak. I mean, he has way better size and he's declaring as a junior, small sample size with him, but he had the yards after contact, broken tackles, all that stuff. So it's pretty, pretty interesting guy, Javon Leak as well. And Anthony McFarland. a couple guys from that Maryland backfield.
0: Okay. So do you want to move away from these guys who aren't going to have a bunch of draft capital and talk about, uh, I think everyone's big three as far as running backs go in this draft? I do. All right. So, you know, a very high percentage of people have DeAndre Swift as the top running back in the class. But do you think that maybe at the combine that gap gets bridged? Because it looks like Swift might run the slowest of those three as far as uh, the 40 time goes. And do you think that affects his value? And do you think the that, um, you know, maybe Jonathan Taylor or even J.K. Dobbins could bump up above him as far as consensus ranks go?
1: I don't I don't think he should, I don't think he will. I think it's interesting though because we know DeAndre Swift will test out the least athletic of the three in my opinion. I think it's funny that DeAndre Swift and JK Dobbins both came in shorter than expected. And you know, for market sake or whatever, it could be a little bit less of a margin after the combine I will admit that especially when it comes to Jonathan Taylor I think Jonathan Taylor is the guy who's going to surprise because a lot of people were thinking he might disappoint at the combine mm-hmm. but talking about J.K. Dobbins he will blaze so that's that's the issue is in 2017 at the Nike event J.K. Dobbins was the most athletic guy there in hmm. high school and I'm talking guys like Cam Akers Jay, uh, Jalen Rager I, Rager I, yeah, yeah I don't I know why that. I've been saying Rager too and then C.D. Lamb was there as well so some really athletic guys but J.K. Dobbins had the highest spark X score there. And, you know, that that's not proven predictive for fantasy, really. But if we look back at some of his numbers from that twenty seventeen Nike event, J.K. Dobbins ran a four four in the forty yard event, and he hit forty three inches on the Holy vertical jump. And that that's just shit. ridiculous. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, Jonathan Taylor who came in weighing at a nice weight? I'll put it that way.
0: Yeah, man. Two twenty six he came in at. First off, that's a check. You said the the heavier the better and he definitely came in heavy, but um, yeah, former track star in high school, which is crazy at his size, and reportedly back in high school, he did run a four four two, which is stellar. Um, so, you know, Dobbins is going to blow the combine up, and Jonathan Taylor, he should be able to quiet the doubters as well, and... Just to touch back on uh, DeAndre Swift, it, I think, you know, 4-5 is probably a really good over-under for what his 40 is going to be. Um, so, you know, with a really tight tier atop these running backs, uh, do you think he's going to A, run in, inside 4-5? And I think you mentioned that it probably wouldn't change a whole lot for you, Hey. Yo, first uh looking at bet online
1: here, he is his over under is 447 if you want to put money on it. So I would take oh, okay. I would actually take the over on that. And yep. yeah, like it, it, no matter to me I don't think, although there is only one reason really that I have DeAndre Swift ahead of Jonathan Taylor and it's just pass catching floor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I knew Jonathan Taylor, like this gets back to draft position and draft capital and all that. If Jonathan Taylor was in line for some pass catching in the NFL, I'll probably move him to my number 1. And that's, you know, in a nutshell, like I will switch these guys around in a heartbeat based on draft capital and landing spot, but not via athletic testing, right?
0: Nice. That's good that you said that because I was actually going to ask. So if he does go out and have a dropless gauntlet drill, um, would that be enough to move the needle is what I was going to ask you? Or were you waiting for the draft spot? And I think you just answered that perfectly for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, quarter chub.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, 28% tops. (laughs) So, do you want to talk, who are a
1: couple guys that we think have, uh, you know, a little bit to lose or gain when it comes to the running back position at the Combine?
0: Yeah, so I think three guys for me, actually, we already mentioned. One of them is Keyshawn Vaughn. I think he could help himself a lot, like I mentioned about his gauntlet drill. And the other two guys are Anthony McFarland and AJ Dillon, uh, like we mentioned earlier. If AJ if AJ Dillon can look... a agile and athletic at that 247 pounds i think he could cement himself into a role for somebody but i think one for me that has a lot to lose is eno benjamin i think if he doesn't run a fast 40 time that's going to hurt his stock quite a bit because he doesn't profile as a first and second down runner in the nfl and it's interesting because he did bulk up a little bit and he measured in over 200 pounds which we really Mm -hmm. like to see but i think you know his 40 time is really going to have an effect on his, his draft slot because we know that he's going to be a great pass catcher at the NFL level, but it's just he needs to cement these things. So an NFL team is willing to you know take that shot and give him that role more so, right? Yeah, and he, he certainly
1: has the production in uh, college in his final year. So a couple of my guys, I have Zach Moss. I think he's the obvious one because of his medicals. Uh, I'm very happy with his height and weight and all that. If if his medicals are good, baby, oh baby. like I, Because I'm <laughs> such a big Zach Moss fan. I really do think he's as elusive as Kareem Hunt, but he'll run faster. And he's not as good of a tackle breaker, not quite as good of a tackle breaker as David Montgomery. But he'll test far better than David Montgomery. And he'll be a better prospect than David Montgomery at the next level. So long as his medicals check out. Because... You know, a lot of people have concerns about his age and everything. And usually age is a huge factor of mine as well, especially with running backs. However, that knee injury is fairly excusable because, you know, that's why he didn't come out that year. How he got that injury is a different story that definitely leaves you wondering
0: how yeah getting out of bed yeah
1: it's very dustin penner if you remember uh with the oilers dustin penner uh apparently hurt his back eating pancakes so you know it's just (laughs) one of those things that makes you just shake your head and be like really come on maybe maybe he was hammered at the golf course and that's how it happened you know that's what i always think personally absolutely but you know that's just my uh conspiracy mind at work there so the the other guy with the most to lose who's an easy one is cam acres he has the most to yeah, lose and the most to gain for sure his medicals and his height and weight none of that has anything to do with it it's just you know if he can go out and just burn and look good in the gauntlet show agility show quickness and space if he shows all these things he's gonna vault up and be a you know, right in that mix with that top five group. And in my opinion, I think Cam Akers is going to pass this next guy, Edwards Hilaire, just because of the buzz that comes along with the combine. Not necessarily the combine numbers that they put out, even though Cam Akers will put up a way better performance than Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but... Just the buzz and everything that comes along with it, Cam Akers is going to elevate above him in fantasy, I think. And Edwards-Hilaire, he came in shorter than expected. I think he's 5'7". I'm a big Edwards-Hilaire fan. The only thing is, he's not going to have that long speed. He's he's built very stubbly, you know what I mean? Like, he has Mm -hmm. short arms, all that stuff, so his long speed is very concerning. He's going to be brought down from behind all the time, and you know he's gonna need a really good landing spot in the NFL and decent capital like if he doesn't go until the late third round are we all gonna change our minds about Edwards Hilaire you know because he just did have the one great season of college production you know he was kind of off the map coming into 2019 so Clyde Edwards Hilaire definitely the most to lose in my opinion because he, he he probably won't burn
0: right right
1: And you mentioned some of the other guys, I think Antonio Gibson, he's gone as a wide receiver now. So, you know, I guess I won't mention him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know you're a little upset about that because you liked him profiling as a running back.
1: Should we hit this uh, wide receiver group at the combine?
0: Yeah, man, like you said, this is a really big group and I'm really excited to get into the wide receivers. So why don't you, why don't you lay out a little bit from the wide receivers um, and kind of what we're looking for?
1: Yeah, I don't really need to break down too much for the wide receivers. I think wide receiver is pretty simple for the combine. We're looking for speed score, right? We want the big weight guys to run fast. The combine doesn't show us anything we want to see when evaluating a wide receiver's talent or what will translate to fantasy points, really. So for the wide receiver drills, I think we have to correlate with the profile of pass catcher they are, you know? Like, if a wide receiver profiles as a contested catch guy, a red zone threat, then I will pay attention to his vertical. But a a slot-wide receiver, I won't be bothered by his vertical. Meanwhile, I am focusing on his shuttle drills and on his three-cone and
0: stuff. Yeah, that's funny you say that, actually. One one of the other new things that's coming into the combine is they're going to be throwing end zone fade Mm routes so they're going to have the quarterbacks throw into the wide receivers and I think that's kind of cool like you said the uh the contested catch guys um it's going to be cool to see them kind of showing out in the back of the end zone and maybe a little toe taps and some body control stuff that we might be able to take away from that and uh yeah so that's going to be a kind of a cool little wrinkle that they're adding into the into the combine here
1: yeah and maybe the most ironic one because you know they're trying to implement some things that are more Meant to simulate real life football, like you know, linebackers covering and things like that. And the fade route might be the most antiquated play you could run in the red zone,
0: yeah. And I don't think they're really going to have a defender on that wide receiver in the back of the end zone, so that's kind <laughs> of an interesting piece for me. Is like you know, it's not really going to show, yeah, like Kenny Gallagher's body, yeah, yeah. But I think it might be good for the highlight reel, though.
1: No, agreed. So, again, uh, Trav from the Move the Sticks podcast, the takeaway from that one when they talked about the wide receivers, they took the average combine scores for the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL in catches. The average 40 time from the combine for the NFL's top 10 wide receivers in catches was 4.5.5. And if you're mm. thinking catches, yeah, they're slot guys and volume, yada, yada. Looking at the top 10 wide receivers in receiving yards, their average 40 times back in the day were 4.5.3. So, not much of a difference mm. there. Other than those forty times, Trav, uh, what I, what we want we already got, and that's hand size. I think you know a huge takeaway for wide receivers is hand size. Well, it can be dismissed with quarterbacks, it can be dismissed with running backs. Obviously, it, it does matter for for wide receivers, and you see the correlation between high end fantasy performers and these big mitts, like Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, New Hopkins. All those guys have ten inch dick beaters, all of them, and <laughs> <laughs> still getting you with that one, eh? <laughs> all
0: right, yeah, I love it. It's just quality. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, kind of on that note, some notable kind of shovel-handed wide receivers in this class. We did talk about Henry Ruggs oh, and him meas- measuring over 10 inches uh, as far as hand size. That was a surprise for me. That's crazy. And, Chav,
1: really quick, if we think of someone like Will Fuller, who he profiles very similar to when it comes to how he's going to be used at the next level, he has two inch bigger hands. He has 10 and a quarter inch hands. Will Fuller had eight and one quarter inch hands. Like That is literally the opposite ends of the percentile spectrum. It's incredible
0: yeah that was definitely a big surprise for me with rugs having those big bear paws and another guy actually was donovan peoples jones so he's an intriguing prospect he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school and he he probably should look good in the size speed combo area so uh look for donovan peoples jones as well with with some uh, some big dick beaters <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Trev, i give you some uh the stuff i'm looking at what is there anything you're looking at for wide receivers of the combine
0: Yeah, just I figure I'll lay out a couple of benchmarks here. So we want our wide receivers to run better than a four, six, five. I like to see the guys under four, six. That will kind of cement a guy for me if he can run under four, six, four, five, as, as you mentioned, there is kind of a threshold for, for what the move the sticks pod laid out for the top tens in the NFL. So four five is stellar for a wide receiver. And then in the three cone, we want better than seven seconds. So I know I mentioned DK and how his didn't necessarily matter last season. I think DK might be maybe more of the outlier. He did get put into the perfect situation for somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to catch those deep passes and use that straight line speed. But um, I think the three cone can show us potentially what a guy can do in tight spaces, especially like I said, for those bigger wide receivers. And um, yeah, lastly, it's just the bigger the hands. We like to have those big, uh, big dick beaters like you mentioned. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and Trevor, I think a lot of what you said, maybe I'll highlight a few wide receivers, not rookies, but wide receivers who are on, okay. they're kind of the guys on the bottom end of the spectrum athletically. Julian Edelman and the Rams wide receivers, Bobby Woods and Cooper Cup. Those are the guys who came right to mind. It's just obvious when mm-hmm. when we combine some of the, the information with the context, it, it just shows that the worse a wide receiver tests out athletically, the better their volume is going to need to be for fantasy football purposes and the better the situation needs to be. So, yeah, let's let's dive into these wide receivers, shall we? Players, let's let's talk about some of these players who have the most intrigue going into the going into the combine here. So, Trav,
0: let's start with everybody's wide receiver one for the most part, Jerry Judy. Yeah, for Judy. I mean, I'm not going to weigh this stuff too, too heavily because I think Judy is going to look really, really good in his undies. But uh, yeah, I think he's just going to kind of prove that he is in that. You know, maybe top two tier um, that a lot of people have with him and CD Lamb.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what this combine one of those things where a combine can really bridge that gap. I think a lot of people are rising on Jerry Judy as we see him athletically test out here at the combine, and I think a lot of people are going to drop on CD Lamb. I think it's interesting that, you know, they came in very similar, but Jerry Judy. You know, he's probably gonna run a four four. So I, I really like Jerry Judy. What do you his over under right now is 4 Four's four. Four across the board. Over under.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think a touch under that maybe. Um, but if I'm being safe. I would say maybe just a touch over actually.
1: Yeah. That's the one. If yeah, It just feels like they're trying to steal our money. I'll take the over. I'll take the four, four, five. Yeah. 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 Like I think he Can does go that? just over. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you probably can't. <laughs> yeah. Probably can't bet those on the push. So let's go to the next guy here I have on the list. Jalen Rager, uh, another oh, guy. Yeah. I mean, he ran a four 9 er last off season reportedly. So, you know, he can't really rise much higher for me in my fantasy ranks. But if he has a worse than expected 40 time test poorly in some peripherals, he could slip in, you know, such a tight tier of guys that he's in. And J-Rag, he's another gauntlet drill guy I really want to see because he had the 10th worst drop rate in this draft class at 13%. So I really want to see him in the gauntlet drill. Very, very encouraged by his weight, Jalen Rager.
0: Yeah, he came in at over 200 as well, which was really, really nice to see because that was one of the questions on him is, you know, his size, of course, but uh, I liked seeing that as well. Uh, another guy that's talked about a lot, and we mentioned him, uh, old Rug and Tug and his 10-inch ticklers, um, that's Henry Ruggs. <laughs> uh, I think his 40 time is obviously the biggest question, or one of the biggest questions of the entire combine. Uh, he came out and said that he wants to break the record in the 40, and uh, actually, our buddy Jax Falcone, you can, you can follow him at Dino Game Theory on Twitter. He had a really interesting tweet saying that, Henry Ruggs is kind of pigeonholing himself into kind of a tough spot where if he's not under 4-3 in the 40, people may be disappointed. And it's pretty wild to say that because obviously anything in the 4-3s is ridiculously fast. Um, But I think he has put himself into a spot by saying he wants to break that record that uh, he he needs to go out and shred that drill. And for fantasy, obviously, landing spot is big for Ruggs, but there's a lot at stake for Henry Ruggs uh, coming out of the combine with a fast 40 time.
1: Yeah, I remember a month ago when we were asking who's going to run faster between him and Rager. So I, it's really interesting how much he separated and he better run sub 4.3. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: The interesting yeah. thing is I won't hold it against him if he runs a 4.33 or anything. So Exactly, me neither, man. You got to kind of look at that and realize, okay, maybe he's setting this high expectations, but we as People who are evaluating can maybe bring that expectation back a little bit to realize that this guy is still going to run really, really fast and fit well into a specific role in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and I, I honestly, I still cannot believe his 10 and 1 8th in chance. Like, that is just crazy. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. I just still think it's crazy that he had less than 100 catches in college and scored, you know, on a quarter of them. <laughs> And a lot of people are painting him as a straight line speed guy, but he had nine yards after the catch per reception in college. That's the second best in the class behind my boy, Brennan Ayuk. So, you know, a guy who can run four, three and make it happen after the catch. That's super dangerous. I think one thing we're learning about, uh, about Henry Ruggs here at the combine is his floor for NFL draft position is just rising and rising. It's like Denver at 15. Like that is the drop. He's not going past Denver
0: totally man there was a lot of talk actually previously about the eagles getting them at 21 but over the last month or so that's just like that's not even in the realm of possibilities anymore eh no so we talked about these guys as the speedsters tied do you have any other guys that you're looking at who could run in the 4-3 area and help themselves out there
1: well i would have said kj hamler but kj hamler will not run he tweaked his hamstring so he'll he'll run it as pro day instead he busted a hamler eh (laughs) yeah came up lame pulled a hamler but there is one guy I wanted to mention, and that's Gabriel Davis. He came in far heavier than I had him in my notes, and I like it. His modest 216 pounds will make his speed score jump off the page no matter what he runs, but he could really go out and shock the world by running in the four threes. And he's just he's a he's a tough nut to crack. How the NFLs value him will really, you know, kind of solidify how I feel about him. But, you know, he ran almost 80% of his routes from the slot last year at UCF, so kind of a perplexing thought when you think of a guy who burns speed but he's being run out of the slot consistently he kind of profiles as an x receiver but gabriel davis definitely a guy i'm keeping my eyes on to run really fast and gain some attention
0: uh any guys for you that jump off the page yeah well i like the gabriel davis one because um you mentioned that he's going to be a big speed score guy he's six foot two and you mentioned 216 so that would be pretty incredible if he could blaze that fast speed uh one guy i'm looking at is devin duvernay Mm. He played a lot out of the slot in Texas, um, but he's got a lot of speed. He takes crossers over the middle and just turns them up real quick, and he's got a lot of speed to get behind defenses. So I'm looking for Devin Duvernay to be up, you know, in the top five of 40 times for these wideouts for sure. Chav, I wanted to ask you, what about T.
1: Higgins? Uh, There's not a lot of talk about T. Higgins. You know I'm really high on T. Higgins. What about T. Higgins here at the Combine?
0: Yeah, I think he's kind of got the type of profile where he could show out as well. He's going to be another one of those speed score guys. Um, I really, really like T Higgins, his size and his catch radius is really, really nice. So if he can show that he's a smooth runner, I think that's going to help him make a little cash flow as well. Yeah, his arms
1: measured in huge thirty-four and one-eighth inch arms. That is huge. And you know, when you look at the measurements, one thing I took away is T. Higgins is the only guy. He came in an inch shorter, so he's actually six foot three and five or whatever. But he is the only player above six foot one in the first round, projected to be a first round wide receiver pick. Like all the mm-hmm. other four or five guys are all under six foot foot uh, six feet because Henry Ruggs came in under six feet as well. So uh, I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting that T. Higgins is kind of the only bigger prototypical guy and he's a five-star recruit you know I love T Higgins so he's gonna break tackles he's gonna make contested catches he's gonna have a red zone role his A dot was huge there's just nothing to not like about him and we know Dabo Sweeney has history with wide receivers going to the NFL so so you know I'll wrap up on T Higgins here sorry Jeff. but uh his over under right now is at four five seven so higher than I was you know expecting uh, higher than I was anticipating Mm. to see in the book so T Higgins does he run over or under four
0: six say yeah I'm gonna go the under for sure on four six. Me too yeah, I think he's in the four fives yeah I
1: think he might even shock the world and go like four four eight or like r- oh. like low four fives I really think that
0: <laughs> that would be sexy but
1: I've been saying that forever so maybe I'm just like really hedging here
0: <laughs> no I'm in for it let's do it <laughs> T Higgins low four fives baby <laughs> <laughs> so let's hit one of the most polarizing guys here Trav LaVisca Chennault. yeah he's not working out he's only running the 40 mm-hmm. um, do, do you think that could be a mistake for him do you think maybe he should just ditch the 40 and do it all at his pro day or what do, you, what do you think you know honestly
1: I think the medicals are the biggest thing with LaVisca Schnall, mm-hmm. and he's also he's coming in a little banged up and he just always is banged up so I just I have concerns about that when it comes to LaVisca Schnall. but he has I thought he had the widest range of outcomes because if he runs like a 4-4 he will comp to guys like Sammy Watkins or a super fast Debo Samuel and mm-hmm. I really like the Sammy Watkins comp if he comes out and blazes uh, and is used as a wide receiver at the next level and you know doesn't end up with a genius as a head coach. You know what I mean? It's hard to land in a Shanahan system. So if he yeah, doesn't, I sure. think Sammy Watkins is actually a decent comparison on how he could be used and how he, how successful he could be early in his career. But it all comes down to those medicals. And, yeah, like I said, he could run a 4-4, but it, it feels like he could run a 4-6 as well because I heard he ran very slow coming out. So it, he's definitely a guy who has the most to lose or the most to gain. Do you have any thoughts on Leviska?
0: I think you said it spot on, man. He has the most to lose, but he's also got the most to gain. I think I, I'm i definitely a little concerned on the speed timing for him. You mentioned him being banged up all the time. And, and you know, he's he's got a wide range of outcomes. So definitely a player to monitor. um la visca.
1: <laughs> yeah. What about uh, <laughs> Justin Jefferson? He's one of my favorite players right now. Uh, wh- any thoughts on Justin Jefferson coming into the coming into the combine? I mean, he measured in at six foot one, so a lot shorter. He was he was at six foot three at LSU, two hundred and two pounds, only nine inch hands. So you know, nothing that really jumps off the page, especially with his thirty three inch arms. So you know, it's it, it was one of the handful of guys to hit thirty three inch arms at the combine, but we thought this guy was a lot bigger, a lot longer. What are your thoughts on this two-star high school recruit, Justin Jefferson?
0: Yeah, man, I thought he played a lot longer than how the measurables came out. So that's just one like mini knock on him. And I think he, you know, I think his value is probably as high as it will be. So I think if anything, he only has ground to lose here. Um, his 40 it's questionable whether he's going to be super fast, but I I personally like the player, but I'm, I'm exactly, you know, I'm worried that he's going to lose some ground here and potentially not get drafted in, you know, the back half of the first, like we've been seeing a little bit. Um, I think he's easily a day two guy, but I'm a little bit worried that some of these other guys might have some more eye popping times than what Justin Jefferson shows.
1: Yeah. I think it's important. You said that he's definitely a day two guy, He's definitely going to have fantasy volume. Uh, he, he's a slot wide receiver. I don't think people know that he's a mm-hmm. slot wide receiver. He moved into the slot in LSU's blow up season in 2019. So I'm really interested to see how he's used in the NFL. And, you know, he's not just a slot wide receiver. He had six touchdowns of 20 plus yards uh, in 2019, which was tied second in the nation. So he, he's one of those guys who can, you know, if he has a coach who can and a quarterback, obviously, who can get him the ball up the seam uh, deep. That's one of the best ways to use Justin Jefferson. We know he's just an absolute touchdown machine, so I think he has a role mm-hmm. there. And if he is one of these big slots, man, like I think it's wheels up for Justin Jefferson when it comes to fantasy. I think he's going to be slept on. And we know he's super young. He's going to be a 21-year-old in his rookie NFL season. He's declaring early, he checks every box, really. Uh, mm-hmm. He just he came in a little disappointing, and he's not going to burn. So his over-under... You know, I'll put it this way, Trav. I guarantee T. Higgins runs faster than Justin Jefferson. And neither of them really matter to me. But Justin Jefferson has a higher over-under on the 40. So Justin Jefferson's is 4.51. Wow. Do you think he runs uh, faster or slower than
0: 4.5? I think he's going to be slower than 4.5. Yeah, I think
1: he's going to be a touch slower, too. If he If he runs faster than that, I'll be pleasantly surprised for sure
0: yeah absolutely I think he's probably in the mid four fives and like you said that doesn't concern me a whole lot um you mentioned all the all the good traits that he's got he also profiles as a really good red zone weapon he had some good red zone work with uh with the tigers at LSU this past season so yeah 12 uh, touchdowns on 19 red zone targets yeah dude so if he gets in into a really good volume slot role he's gonna he's gonna produce for guys
1: he's hard to bring down too He was like fourth best in the class with like over 300 yards after contact like he, he I really like him and he had over sixty catches of fifteen plus yards, which was only behind Jerry Judy. Like he, he is really checking every box. I know he's on a potent offense, but it's partly due to him moving to the slot that they were so good.
0: Giddy up! So, do you have any other guys you're you're looking forward to here at the combine? Um, yeah, I mean, a, a couple other guys, Quintez. Cephas out of Wisconsin. Oh. So he's a little bit of a lesser-known name. Uh, I think he's probably gonna test really well, but he has a lot of off-the-field concerns. Um, so he's got a lot of talent and he could kind of put his name a little bit more into the pool, I guess. Another guy that I really like is Denzel Mims. He's mm-hmm. 6'3, 217. He could help cement himself into a day two spot as well with uh with getting some of that love recently. Yeah, he I've is. Seen, so. He is
1: a fast riser, eh?
0: Yeah, man. He's just yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of looking at his take and seeing how good he is in contested catches and whatnot. And, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be a huge after the catch guy necessarily, but he's got some solid hands and he's really good at the jump ball situations. Uh, and then another guy, just because we've been talking about the speed score and the side speed combo guys, Antonio Gandy-Golden, six four, two hundred 223 pounds. And I think if he looks fast and if he does well in those uh, short area quickness drills, I think he could, uh, could help cement himself as somebody that someone's going to take a shot on as well well because he's coming out of a really small college uh he had a lot of production at liberty but um you know those small school guys some teams might just shy away a little bit yeah and quinta
1: cifas i just want to point out because he did make my write-up there for the combine uh, quick takes there mm-hmm. and actually put there trav he's a long story uh right after <laughs>
0: yeah <I laughs> but he did not one. even no, hit perfect.
1: nine inch ar- uh nine inch hands so he he has a lot of mathematical odds he's up against to become anything uh the guy i want to i want to hit one more guy tyler johnson uh man this guy yes. just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping i don't think Holy. i don't think there's anything to do with injuries that we heard of uh he's just not gonna perform at the combine i hear mm-hmm. yeah so and you know he came in 6'1 206 only nine inch hands that's not good and his 30 inch arm, like his his arms are very small as well so uh, yeah he's i just we know he's going to be like a 5th round pick now. It's just really hard to get on board with Tyler Johnson. He's just there's no guy's fallen more in the last 3 or 4 months in my rookie ranks, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I really like Tyler Johnson. He's, you know, we talk about Justin Jefferson and his red zone prowess. Tyler Johnson has just that. He's got some really good body control. Um I just think he profiles as a guy who if he had volume, he would be able to produce 100%. So I don't know. For me, that's just going to make him a bit more of a value if he goes to somewhere where he has a path to some volume. I think he's going to be a value in our rookie drafts. Yeah. And, oh, Trav, uh,
1: Chase Claypool, the Canadian out of Abbotsford. Nice. He, he, yeah, he came into the call. Co- I really want to mention him. He came into the combine with yeah. a frame of a lumberjack. He's one of the biggest notes for Monday for sure. And when we look at his tail of the tape, man the first thing we all said to ourselves oh you know this guy could probably move to tight end and that is the conversation surrounding Claypool he stands 6'4", he added about 10 pounds so he's almost 240 pounds and he has 10 inch hands. So, all this stuff, he could do the Darren Waller, is what I'm saying. His college profile is less than stellar. He took a million years to break out, but he did break out in 2019. Mm-hmm. If we want reasons why Chase Claypool should move to tight end, his 13 touchdowns last year can bolster that argument. I, I just, I really like Chase Claypool in like that last round of your rookie drafts in case he switched to tight end.
0: I love it, man. gotta gotta give a shout out to the guy from Abbotsford, British Columbia. Yeah, I was just working there. Nice, yeah. He's just across the street from us, so uh, very close to where we're from. And so, uh, you know, I think we kind of hope for the best for Chase Claypool. And like you said, that move to tight end could be very good for his NFL career because I don't think he profiles as somebody who's gonna be you know producing for fantasy as a wideout. Yeah,
1: and another guy I want to mention, Lynn Bowden. I'll never not mention him nice. from now on till the draft. The new Anton Randall, and you know he's going to the combine as a wide receiver. I like him in any aspect, and you know I wasn't sure if he would measure up as a wide receiver because we could talk about Antonio Gibson and man alive, did he mm-hmm. measure out? He has the smallest hands of any Antonio Gibson has the smallest hands of any wide receiver who's you know taller than five foot eleven. Any wide receiver who's going to be like a top five round pick, it's just. You know, he did not look like a wide receiver. Measurables and Lynn Bowden Jr. did. He had he's 6'1", 200 pounds, nine and three quarter inch hands, which is that Ooh. average of the top ten wide receivers that was laid out by Daniel Jeremiah and them. And yeah, he's just a, a Lin of all trades, man. I I really like him. <laughs>
0: I see what you did there. Yeah, that's a he's a crazy player, man. He had, I think, over 1400 rushing yards this past season in college. So yeah, 13 touchdowns as a running back in college, six touchdowns as a wide receiver in college.
1: And he he just forced missed tackles. He could be a satellite back. You know, it gets into the conversation about positionless football. And if the combine really wanted to attack it in a new era, they would go about it in that way. Players I like Lin like and Debo Samuel, these guys could just test out as like an exposition, Jalen Samuels, whatever.
0: Right, right. Uh, real Swiss army knives, eh? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about Chase Claypool there and his potential move to tight end. So do we want to touch on the tight ends here? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, so I think the most important thing that we're looking for from these tight ends is obviously the 40. Um, if you can get a tight end running, you know, under a 4.7, that is stellar in my book. And I'm, I'm looking at that guy. Um, and then I think it's interesting to watch the the agility drills and whatnot, just mm-hmm. to see how smooth and fluid these guys are, because they are big boys. And we want to see them move nicely and well if they're going to project into a pass catching role. Uh, and I think we got a couple of guys in the class that can do that. Hey, Ty? Oh, yeah, this this is a class to watch for tight
1: ends. Like, it, there'll be a position that everybody starts to fall in love with, I think, because of this uh, combine. But I also think it's interesting where guys like Adam Troutman and some of these guys could fall down boards for sure during the combine because of all the hype that other people are getting. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's start with the guy, Hunter Bryant. We love Hunter Bryant, very exciting prospect. I thought he had a wide range of outcomes before he showed up to the combine. He showed up coming in at almost 250 pounds. And it's just interesting <laughs> because, you know, he was really, really broken down as the next evan ingram but he's now 10 pounds heavier than evan 15 pounds heavier than evan ingram was at the combine he's gonna run a slower 40 yard because evan ingram's was ridiculous and he's not gonna be drafted as high as evan ingram so i think there's a lot of holes in that comp i like to kind of comp him more to a delaney walker uh Mm, and i think when hunter Bryan comes out and runs a four five that'll be a really easy comp to make
0: yeah i like that comp for sure delaney walker you know had a very, very strong NFL career. Um, been around for a long time. And, uh, I, you know, we can't even say that he's done yet. He could still be going. So uh, if Hunter Bryant could have a career like that, I think he would be very happy about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like he had an elite career at college i mean his yards per run on pff is just off the charts and he's really going to light up the combine so the question everyone should ask is why isn't he a first round pick in dynasty leagues and why isn't he going to be an nfl first round pick and it's just injury so for hunter bryant the medicals are going under talked about but they're very important for him i want to check the box on his knee and for hunter bryant i don't need to double check any boxes for
0: athleticism right yeah i like it well put man who's your next guy Um, Just a guy I want to talk about actually, Bryson Hopkins. Uh, He came, he came out, he has over 10 inch hands, so that's good. Um, But he did have some drop issues in college. So I'm interested to see how he does in the gauntlet drill and the pass catching work. Um, Bryson Hopkins could raise his stock uh, as somebody who produced pretty well in college. And I think a guy that has a lot to lose is obviously Cole Kmet. Uh, I think he's a lot of people's tight end one, him or Hunter Bryant. And I think for fantasy, he does have a lot to lose depending on how he tests athletically. Uh, he did have tied for the biggest hands as far as tight ends with ten and a half inch mitts, so uh, that's a good thing to see. Mm-hmm. And he packed on the
1: pasta too, eh? He packed on the pasta big time. He he came in heavy. 260 yeah, pounds exactly
0: so um it'll be interesting to watch him go because he is a big boy and he does have a lot of tools but he does need a little bit of refinement uh so yeah cole commits an interesting project. yeah I'm, I'm
1: super interested to see if he gets the buzz you know what i mean i'm wondering if he if he does get the buzz so i wanted to mention C.J. grady because he's such a polarizing guy he's one of the hardest prospects to peg his value uh in a vacuum we love him but you know, if we if we wanted to take our time to break down C.J. O'Grady, we'd need an hour or two and a stiff drink. And,
0: you
1: <laughs> yeah. know, don't drive after, just ask C.J. O'Grady. <laughs> yeah. But,
0: <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, man, like he has a top five wingspan at the Combine, 10-inch hand size, all that stuff. His football card looks great, and he's going to test out really good as well. And, you know, given the strength of this class and the tendency of the dynasty market to fall in love with raw, athletic tight ends, O'Grady could be, like straight up a top five rookie tight end for everybody come rookie draft season, I think.
0: Yeah, I like that. He's uh, he, you know, he's a really athletic big boy and um, kind of an unheralded prospect. And we kind of like to hop on those guys early, and could be another guy to take late in your rookie drafts.
1: Yeah, and speaking of early draft, there's a guy with early breakout age. Check 90th percentile, college dominator. Check 90th percentile, but for some reason, nobody has him in their top five tight ends. And I'm talking about Albert. What's his face?
0: Alberto Albert Oquegbunam.
1: Yeah, I can't pronounce his name, but I can read his results, and that's all that matters to me, (laughs) anyways. Uh, and AOK did better than AOK in the measurements. He's 6'5, 255 pounds, just unbelievable. Prototypical tight end size. His hands are huge, and he has the second biggest tight end wingspan among the combine invites. So he checks every box. If I had any conviction in my body, Trav, I'd have him as a top three tight end. I don't right now. <laughs> but yeah, the college dominator, everything's there. So what I'm saying is he he better run super slow. And that way I can have an oquuminum bum epiphany. Damn it.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, I hope you get that, buddy. I hope you do because he's, he's a really good player and just, you know, another one of these guys that is going to go late, late, late in rookie drafts and, and you could probably pick him up and reap some value because he's got the tools. Yeah. And two other guys I want to just quick mention, you you talked about him a little bit, Adam Troutman. I love his kind of athletic profile, former basketball player, really tall dude. And I think he could be uh, a really nice fit for certain NFL offenses. And then Harrison Bryant had a lot of production as well in in college football. Um, So keep an eye on that name. But Ty, I think you got uh, a little situation that you want to talk about with the LSU tight ends, don't you? Yeah, and just to
1: touch on Adam Troutman, make sure we don't move him down too much because he is very talented. He looked good in the Senior Bowl. He's a small school guy, but he showed out against some of the competition there. Harrison Bryant, we want to see his medicals, medicals, medicals with Harrison Bryant, and also nine and a half inch hands, not great, but six, you know, almost six five, two forty. I do like Harrison Bryant in the college production. I love Harrison Bryant, but medicals. Uh, Thaddeus Moss, he's gonna just he's gonna run slow. He's he kind of profiles as a blocking tight end in my opinion when I'm talking about the LSU tight ends. So Thaddeus Moss, I'm just not like the biggest fan of. And I've yet to really see other people's rankings that have Steven Sullivan ahead of Thaddeus Moss, but I've had Steven Sullivan ahead of Thaddeus Moss the whole time, this whole offseason, and he is my favorite darling tight end of this 2020 class, particularly for fantasy. Uh, Steve Sullivan's a converted wide receiver, and that piques our interest right away. And then he comes in the combine, and his physical tools are keeping my interest, no doubt about it. LSU talent, they're they're the most represented school at the combine this year by far. I think they have 16 attendees, and the next highest school is 11 or something, but But what I want to say is I'll take the converted wide receiver who's taller, faster, has better hands uh, over someone like Thaddeus Moss who just has the hype, the name, and uh, kind of profiles as the opposite end of the spectrum when we're looking at uh, fantasy tight ends, right? And I just wanted to mention that he also has the the biggest arms in the class. He measured out and probably has the biggest wingspan too. I didn't check that. But Thaddeus Moss had by far the only guy to break 35-inch hands, arms, sorry.
0: Yeah, I like what you said there, man. Thaddeus Moss, uh, he's kind of like a little teapot, short and stout. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to profile well as a blocker, like you said, but I think he's not going to test well athletically. I've seen a lot of people have him pretty high, like in their top five of tight ends, and um, to me, I just don't see it. No, and I think his
1: agility drills will prove it, and his—and his and his 40 time, really.
0: Yeah, totally, man. And as far as uh, Steve Sullivan, I gotta I gotta dig into him a little bit more because to me he's just a little center for the Chicago Blackhawks. But <laughs> I got I gotta look into that a bit more. Yeah.
1: yeah, we're always interested in those converted wide receivers. Hey, Trav. Before we roll out, I forgot to mention I I wanted to mention Colin Johnson because he made some noise during the Senior Bowl, and you know the guy he's six foot six, A.K.A. he's a praying mantis out there on the field, but he has just nine inch hands. So this guy he completely goes off my list immediately because of that but his arm span is what i want to talk about his arms measured in smaller than brendan iuk's who's over half a foot shorter than he is so you know brendan iuk he's a different story you know uh that i just love brendan iuk it's like you know that friend who gets mad once a band he loves starts gaining popularity that's how i feel with brendan iuk because everyone's gonna everyone's just gonna
0: love him <laughs> you're going hipster on him i knew him before he was cool man well it's
1: more i said he was a first round nfl draft pick before anybody <laughs> that's what i want to say i've been saying it like literally uh, since followed. he broke yeah. out during the nfl season so he is gonna be a first round nfl draft pick and he yeah and he should be probably a back-end first round uh rookie pick in in one quarterback leagues he is in my rankings
0: bringing that heat i like it buddy all right man so That's all we got for the episode, but really quick before we ride out, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Expand the Box Score. Expand the Box Score is the essential stats database for any fantasy player. We use their football bundle for NFL and college football stats, but they have NBA, MLB, college basketball, and they even have minor league baseball stats, so that's pretty wild. Um, But yeah, Expand the Box Score does just that. They expand the box score, so you can go to any site and find yards, catches, touchdowns, etc., but on Expand the Box Score, you can find yards per target, first downs, red zone work, market share data, and tons more on the NFL side. And then if you look at the college bundle, uh, you got players' share of team scrimmage yards, touches by yardage, and the red zone work for college stuff, which is a little bit trickier to find. So I like looking at that stuff there. So if you want to sign up, go to expandtheboxscore.com. Tell them we sent you by using our promo code TrueNorth10, and you can get 10% off whatever package you desire. The package that we use, like I said, gets you both NFL and college football data, and that bundle is only thirty-five bucks a year. And so, if you want ten percent off that, use promo code TrueNorth10. That's our sponsor, Expand the Box Score. Tis the season. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's really nice having that resource to dig into. Uh, All this college stuff, right? We want to see some numbers on these guys. I think it's pretty safe to say, Ty, that you and I uh, lean a little bit towards the stats side of things. We like to dig that stuff up and expand the box score has uh, fit in really nicely with what we like to do.
1: Yeah, I love the red zone data and I love the market share data. And I also like to have the Dominator rating available too so I can compare it to other Dominator ratings.
0: Yeah, expand the box score. It's a great resource and use the promo code truenorth 10 All right, dude. So that does it for our combine episode. That was a really fun look into these guys. Um, You know, give the listeners some stuff that we're taking away and, Hopefully they were able to take away something from the pod because, yeah, I think there's a lot of valuable information that can be taken from the combine. You just have to filter out the right stuff. So uh, like I said, hopefully we've helped our listeners do that. Uh, If you guys want to follow all of our work, feel free to check out truenorthffb.com. We've got some great written stuff coming out on the site right now. Um, I did a little bit of a revamp of some of the visuals of the site and the way it looks. So if anybody has some feedback on that, I'm happy to hear it. And we're always looking for feedback on all of our work. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter at True North FFB. You can find me at TCO14, and Ty is at TNFF Tyrell. So as always, we really appreciate the support. Uh, thanks for the listens. Feel free to pop on, give us a DL. We really, really appreciate that. And ratings and reviews are awesome as well. So yeah, until next week, hope you enjoy the Combine. Peace.